Welcome to episode seven of the Skillshot Pincast. I'm Graham Clem. I'm Kayla Greet. And uh, yeah, we're we're back. We've got a really cool episode to share with you. Uh, we're really excited yeah. about it. Um, and if you know us personally, you've you, there's a good chance probably have already heard some of the stories. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we yeah we had a musicians episode just yeah. kind of fall into our lap a few weeks ago. Um, boy, uh, Kayla, actually, you, you had some yeah. interesting notes <laughs> about about this one, some firsts. Well, yeah, it's our first time with international guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, you're partly Canadian, that doesn't really count, no. but like, Ed Robertson's from Canada, born and raised. Straight up. Um, Darren Hanlon's from Australia, born and raised. Mm-hmm. So, and it was also the first time that we didn't have a pre-existing relationship with our guests, like everyone else. We either knew for several years or like at least the last couple of months, um, you know, like we'd had, we'd gone out and played pinball with them. We'd been friends with them for a while. Like, sure, sure. Yeah. You know, backstories. These guys existed way outside of our worlds. So that was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess this is also a great example of how small the world really can mm-hmm. be. Uh, so our, yeah, our guests, as, as Kayla mentioned, are uh, Darren Hanland and Ed Robertson. Darren is a musician from Australia. He's a singer-songwriter. He's been uh, playing and touring solo for many years, since uh, the early aughts, I guess, 2001 mm-hmm. or so. And of course, Ed Robertson is from... The- you might know him of the Chickadee Chai and the Chinese Chicken. Uh Bare yeah. Naked Ladies one week. I don't know how old our listeners are, but I feel I've. F- I think that's the sweet spot yeah, for a lot of them. Definitely, yeah. um, I, I've been finding a lot of people who are like, "Oh, I'm, I can't remember that band," and you say that line, and their eyes kind of light up. They're uh-huh. like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah." That was uh. inescapable. Yeah, but they've <laughs> they've made their print their imprint real yeah. clear and. Um, and they've it, moved on from the song too. They've done a lot of things since then. Yeah, they've got. I mean, yeah, they've got a lot behind under their belt. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I, I'm not gonna lie. We were probably a little bit starstruck. Yeah, I'd say um, so. And uh, especially, especially once we got to go to their show later that yeah. same day, because so, I kind of want to just tell the story of like how I came to find Ed Robertson. Like, sure. Um, I spent the most amount of time I've ever spent in my life on Pinside. I've been a <laughs> member for about five or six years, I guess, and this was my first post was for the podcast. Uh, and then I had been listening to Coast to Coast and Spooky Pinball and like Ed Robertson had popped up on those. And I thought, you know, that's that's really interesting and, and neat that he's that into it, that he would be on a show for it. I wonder if they're touring anytime soon. I saw that they had a date in Seattle in a week and a half. And I just started like lurking all through Pinside and trying <laughs> to find any user that knew him or said that they had any kind of connection to him. So thank you, Pinside user Mejus, for, uh, you know, passing my message along to Ed and getting me in touch with him. And he was a great, great guest to have on the on the show. Yeah, super cool, dude. Uh, his son, Lyle, was super cool, too. Mm-hmm. They uh, they wore 8-bit arcade shirts the, the yeah. entire concert and then wore the skill, his Skillshot shirt uh, for, for the, the VIP greet, thing yeah. at the end. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that was rad. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, before Ed's interview. We're going to play Darren's first. Uh, he's yeah. the opening act for yeah. <laughs> this episode. Um, I, I ran into Darren... Uh, well, I guess I'll tell my story about yeah, how I, I got in contact with Darren. Yeah, so it uh, kind of snowballed after I had this. I was like, Yeah, I, Graham, we have this like opportunity to interview Ed Robertson. You're like, Oh, yeah. wow! Yeah. It just it just fell together. It was yeah. kind of ridiculous. So uh, in April, I went to the Crocodile, went to go see Polaris, the band that uh, did the Pete and Pete theme song, oh, Hey yeah. Sandy, uh-huh. and uh, this Australian woman uh, named Janie just uh, struck up a conversation with uh, Zach and uh, I and our other friends there, mm-hmm. and. You know, she's just friendly, 
friendly woman and uh we were giving her advice about seattle because she was visiting for a week or two and she bought us beers as thanks oh, and nice. chit chatted for a while and uh when the show was done she asked like oh you guys anybody want to go grab another drink and i said yeah sure yeah, i'm up yeah. and so so we grabbed another drink and just we're talking about whatever and uh she mentioned along the lines uh an australian artist she knew named uh, darren hanlon uh and you know the name kind of stuck in my head but mm-hmm. uh you know that was that and then like a month later it just came up with uh andrew cole who yeah. works with us on skillshot like that he had uh met an australian artist and like hit darren hanlon yeah. the same name came up. <laughs> like, wait a second and uh and then flash forward to another month later uh and we're doing paste up and mm-hmm. and Kayla shows me this message excitedly. He's like, we're going to get Ed yeah, yeah. For, uh, yeah. for the podcast. Graham was like, hold on a second. I was like, no, Graham, it's important. Look <laughs> Stop what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and and then uh, and then Andrew mentioned right then, you know, I think that Darren guy that I mentioned to you, he's I think he's touring through this week, too. And I was so like, cool. Really? Get out of yeah. town. And so we, so shot... we went and bought lottery tickets. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we uh, um, so, you know, Andrew and I connected uh, to Darren by email and he was he was gracious, just like Ed, about uh, about meeting up. And so I met him uh, beginning of the night uh, before his show at the Columbia City Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, special thanks to the Columbia City Theater for letting us use the green room to interview and Fred, the bartender and Barry running sound. And uh, of course, Darren for the interview, but super sweet, cool guy. Uh, I'm going to play you this interview right after I uh, we stop talking here in a few seconds. Uh, and then after that, we'll play one song of his yeah. from his latest record. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep. So here comes uh, Darren Hanlon. Awesome. Joining me today is Darren Hanlon. He's a singer-songwriter from Melbourne, Australia, originally from Queensland. He has been playing and writing as a solo artist for over 15 years and has toured with Billy Bragg, Violent Femmes, The Magnetic Fields, and more recently, Courtney Barnett. And he's also an avid pinball player, which is why we're talking to him today. Uh, he just won the Flip City Weekly Tournament down in Portland last week. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, cool. Well, that Darren, was a big moment. That yeah? was a really big moment. <laughs> that's exciting. That's You took it all. Yeah, I think it was luck. You know, with those things, there's, there's an element of skill and an element of luck. And I, I think I played a few really good games, but I had a few shockers as well. Um, but... Thankfully, the other the uh, the other opponents had bad games too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is critical. Yeah, <laughs> but then you know what I did this time. Um, I don't know. If this is a weird thing, but when I I won the toss, I lost the toss a few times, and and obviously the the other player will say you go first, mm-hmm. so you get the third ball advantage. But um, but this time I went. I just chose to go first on every single game. Oh, that's an interesting strategy. Yeah. And it just, well, I just got superstitious and I thought, well, it's working so far. Yeah. Why shake it up? Yeah. I'll just keep going. Excellent. Excellent. So, um, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, uh, you're, uh, you're ranked pretty highly, uh, for the IFPA. Uh, really? Yeah. I've never looked at it. Well, you, uh, you should. You're, uh, 1620th in the world, which is actually pretty good given that there are like tens of thousands of people ranked for tournaments there. And you're the 42nd highest ranked Australian player. Oh, wow. Yeah. So <laughs> That's not bad. No, not bad at all. I was first for a while. I knew that. Oh, really? This was years ago when I first started playing the tournaments because there was no one else from it. Well, Australian, Australia didn't have tournaments. Oh, when did so they start up there? I, th- I think in the last like three or four years. Oh, wow. They've started getting a bit more gung ho about it, um, 
there's always been little comps here and there, but nothing, not not ranked. So all the all the Australians on that that thing, what is it? The that's the IFPA International yeah. Flipper Pinball Association. I'm yeah. not even sure what it stands for, but well, every all the Australians that were on that were Australians living abroad that were playing in Sweden or England or here. Oh, okay. So th- I was number one because I I did really well in the shorties comp. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Then that's where you met Andrew Cole, right? Yes. Yes, and he's and that that that's. That score has now dropped off my. That's rankings. right, because they only keep the the top three. I was unranked until a month ago because I hadn't played anything for three years. Oh no! Yeah, and the first one I I played in the last three years was actually the flip flip ding ding tournament, which is the Thursday weekly that oh, I just great, mentioned. Great, yeah, great, great. Yeah. Uh, so let's see where to start. How did you get into pinball? Where did that love begin? Uh, I was always an arcade gamer. Um, so I loved all, you know, I grew up, that was my era, um, was, you know, the Pac-Man and Wonder Boy and all that kind of stuff. And I, and pinball was always there and I was just never interested in it. I think it's just like spinach or something. You need to get to a certain age before you can understand it and (laughs) it's palatable. Um, but my friend who was my manager at the time, Chris Crouch, he loved pinball. He said, you should just try it. Just give it a go. So I think touring's been a big part of it as well. So wherever you go, there's pinball machines everywhere. And it just became part of our, our you know, when I did start touring um, with this guy, Crouchy, who was our manager, he, yeah, we just have torn- our own tournaments within the band. And um, I remember the first game I ever played was Jurassic Park. Mm. <laughs> um, that w- That's his favourite. And then the other game that our little town had, the only one, it was uh, Rescue 911. We're obsessed with that game. Never played that game. I don't know if yeah, I've ever seen that yeah, game. Yeah, it's a great game. There's all these disasters and you've got to go. You send your helicopter out and help everyone. Hmm. And you say, your little town. Which little town is that? Well, that was in Lismore where I went to university. And yeah, that was the only game in the whole town. Oh, wow. At the video shop was the Rescue 911. And we were there every day. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Um Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Andrew mentioned that you actually owned and operated a few for a little while. Yeah. Is that true? Well, then, so our, I uh, toured with this other band, my first band, for about five years. And then when we split up, I decided to go solo. And that's kind of what I'm still doing. Um, but I didn't have that much money to start off with. And I thought, how will I make money? I'll just, yeah, I'll see if pinball will pay. <laughs> so I, I I found a few that were really cheap. It's the era before eBay, so you can still find bargains everywhere. So my first machine I bought was two hundred and fifty dollars. What game was that? It was Charlie's Angels. Oh, very nice. Um, and I got it home. I lifted it up the stairs and it turned it on. And it didn't work. Mm. I bought it from a Hell's Angels clubhouse in Sydney. Mm. And I thought, oh, I've been. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that you could just fix these things pretty easily. Um, so I sold it again the next day for mm. the same amount of money. And the guy rang me that afternoon. He goes, it was just a fuse. He goes, I just thought I'd let you know. And I was like, oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> Brilliant. So then I, you know, I, I learned from my mistakes and I bought, next one was uh, Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. Classic. I didn't have it on site. And then I was working in a, a bar at the time and they said, we need pinball machines. So that's when I bought a few. I just ended up. I bought um, Judge Dredd, Getaway, uh, and the the best one I ever had was um, 
uh, Guns N' Roses, which made so much money. Oh yeah, was that the it big was a sell? Cash cow. Yeah, it was. That's it a was, really fun game. It was the one where people, if they were in a pub drunk and didn't even care for pinball, but liked music, would play, would give it a go. Yeah, and um, all out of all those machines, and I end up buying. I found on in the trading post as well. Someone selling ten arcade machines, like video games, for a hundred dollars each. So I bought all, all of those, and I was mm. running all of those at the same time. They're really old games. Um, yeah, so that bankrolled my first CD. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, that's amazing. Pinball can actually be lucrative sometimes. It is if it's run well. If you if you maintain, that's the thing. I had, you know, five machines on the go at once, plus all the other games. The key with operating is you got to fix them on the day they break. Right. Because people just lose trust. Um, and I had dudes, you know, these guys at these bars that were just bar flies, drinkers, and I'd give them free games if they just took care of the machines, you know, like just let me know if something's wrong or mm -hmm. tell me if someone's kicking them. <laughs> <laughs> I had problems with that, people just kicking them. And breaking the door. Oh yeah, no, I believe that uh, e either out of frustration or or more skilled players might be trying some sort of death save as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. So, what's your favorite game? P if you had to just pick one, Desert Island pinball game, what would it be? Oh, it's like music; it changes. But it, um, the one that has always been my favorite is Roadshow, mm. and that's what the one Ted's, I own yeah. now. It's the only one I own. But I feel like sometimes when you buy a machine. It, it, it you can lose yeah it loses something when you when you don't have to pay for it to play f to pay to play mm -hmm. so I think I played it too much in the end but <laughs> I love the design of that game I love the the kind of the theme that you're this bulldozer going across America wrecking roads I love that there's a map <laughs> that you've got to you got to actually work your way across yeah I like I like those comprehensive themes as well where each mode kind of feeds into the next yeah, one yeah yeah there's a progression and um, and the finals, the final um, battle is just amazing. Oh, we won't do it. Should we do a spoiler alert? Or go ahead. <laughs> well, Mars aliens attack America. Oh, and your bulldozer I've, turns into some spaceship or something. I didn't even know that. I've never gotten that far <laughs> yeah. on that game. Uh, so, is it like a tie-in with Attack from Mars? Do you think is it an homage to that? Or I don't know. I've only ever got up to it maybe once or twice, but I couldn't believe it when I finally did. Do it, yeah. You got the well. You can get to the to the west coast, and then you've got to lock a ball to get the multi ball. So often you mm -hmm. won't even get to the multi ball stage if you miss it, um, and then you got to start all over again. But I've never seen if anything actually happens if you go to every single city. I've never done that. Hmm. That would be the next challenge. That's a goal right there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, so you've uh, you, you played in the shorties tournament a uh, few years back here. Uh, you just had your first was it your first number one uh yeah ever, in portland yeah, yeah, yeah. That, again congratulations so you've been you've spent some time up here in the northwest um how often have you been out here in the pacific northwest i spent much of 2010 here um and i think the shorties was 2009 or 2010 yeah it would have um, been october or november yeah every, every now and again i'll get here for a, a few months and i'll play as much as i can in those tournaments and I've had one second um, a while back, a while back, but um, often you know you know what it's like. You you might be playing a lot at the time, and you, your game's really good, but you just your nerves get too much, and you just flame out. You know, oh, like the best the best players flame out, and 
and you know ironically the other night i haven't i've hardly been playing at all and just it just flowed flowed the right way for me i got lucky yeah yeah <laughs> um so i i uh i i watched a clip of you on i want to say it was a radio show uh in australia and you uh, pinball came up and you mentioned that uh, Portland, and then you you broadened it to the Portland and Seattle at large. You're kind of competing to be the pinball mecca, sort of. Yeah. Um, and that's certainly our feelings here within the Pacific Northwest is that we've got something, we've got a special, um, a special scene here. Um, but certainly, even even just around the U.S., but I would imagine elsewhere in the world, like touring around and whatnot, you've got a a better sense of maybe what those scenes look like. Um, so does that really uh, pan out? Like, are we really that much far further oh, yeah. ahead? Like, yeah, really? Yeah. Even oh, Chicago? Or, yeah. Chicago, up until a few years ago, was a wasteland for pinball. Hmm. You couldn't find them. I remember the first time I went there, I thought Chicago was going to be the place where they're yeah. going to be everywhere. But no, there's, there's nowhere that compares to the Pacific Northwest. Oh, that's nice to hear. Where everywhere you go, you'll find one, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, it's more pinballs and people. yeah yeah chicago's it's come like there's i know where there's a few now that i would go and i've been to i've played in a tournament over there as well um but yeah i'm trying to think of other like new york city has just a few places yeah yeah you'd be able to find it there um australia actually um sydney sydney has become a pinball city really as well yeah yeah there's there's you know there's probably at least 10 venues where I can think that there's there's machines. One particular has got like 10 or 15 machines. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and it, it started as weird. There's like, there was this bar in on in Newtown in, in Sydney called the Newtown Hotel, which is, has been, had been a gay bar for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd never really been in it, but when I realised that there's all these pinball machines there, I just got to know everyone. It was just a great scene. So this is like gay pinball scene. Hmm. And hmm. the guy that, that some, something went wrong with the pub and they had to close it. But the guy that ran those machines, he now, he's just this guy that just loves pinball. And he's, he's now branched out and he, he's, he's like, yeah, he's got machines in tons of pubs around Sydney. So it all started in this one, this one gay bar. Yeah. And then it's just, it's, yeah, this one guy, his name, he goes by Z-Ball. Because there's a Facebook and stuff, and he runs comps too. But the comps in Australia aren't like they are here. They're um, in what way? They 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 run over a long period of time, so you don't get that you don't get that weekly satisfaction of an actual winner. Like they'll mm. go over the whole year. Oh, and it's a cumulative thing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, there's no weekly tournaments like wow. there is here. Where you can go every single week and play. That would be a dream. <laughs> so it, it the first comp that Z Ball put on in this in the Newtown Hotel, all you needed was a high score on any machine. He had thirty machines in there. You just needed a high score on one machine and the high score gave you the um an entry to the final. Hmm. So I ended up clocking up out of the thirty machines, seventeen high scores. So I had seventeen shots. When it came to the final lap, man, you had 17 goes. But I ended up getting a show, a music show that night, and I couldn't. Oh, no. I couldn't go. I couldn't go. 
<laughs> so um, from the and and after that they changed the rules that they weren't that easy, <laughs> and that was to win a machine as well. I would have won, you know. Or uh, maybe I wouldn't have won, but with seventeen shots, still, yeah, that's a good chance. Yeah, good, <laughs> real good shot. Um, so, so Sydney's had a, a growing scene. Yeah. Uh, would you would you say that's kind of the focal point of uh, Australian pinball scene? Definitely. Or really? Yeah. yeah. Melbourne's got a few, but. Nowhere near as many. Like Sydney has the ven- these venues that have a lot, you know, like yeah. a bunch of machines. Yeah. Okay. We um, I, I'm particularly fascinated by this because, um, well, this this whole podcasting thing is pretty new to us, but uh, we've got it up on SoundCloud and we get their statistics, and we had a lot of plays out of Melbourne, uh, oh, wow. specifically, um, uh, for one of our episodes a couple uh, weeks back. So I wondered if there was. A correlation there, or well, there's, maybe there's just a lot one of person listening to it over and over again. No, well, there, <laughs> I go to a comp because I live in Melbourne. And there's a comp that happens the first Monday of every month at the Peacock Hotel, and there's there's a guy there that plays Johnny, and he he's probably the best player, consistent player I've ever seen hmm. in any of these comps. He's he's amazing, and like we were saying before, I think a lot of the game is um is your, is your head game. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, nothing faces this guy. Nothing for you know, and uh, he would just consistently get massive scores whenever he plays. He's just the most chilled out guy. So yeah, he he um he plays in the Melbourne the Melbourne comps and stuff. But so the the scene's probably strong there, but there's no venues to support. Mm. That's the thing. There's no um, I can't think of anywhere that has more than two machines. Really, is it more of a private collectors then that kind of keep it afloat or? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's barcades and stuff opening up, but they're more focused on arcade machines than, than pinball. Gotcha. Um, so you uh, you discovered, you didn't just happen to go, but you discovered the Seattle Pinball Museum today by happenstance. Yeah. Is that yeah. Hmm. I was just about to, I was just calling an Uber and I saw it marked on the map. And I, was, I thought, you know, sometimes you project things that you want to see. And I thought, did I hallucinate that? No, there it is. There's a, I'd never heard of it before. It's fairly new. Yeah. Um, 2010, I want to say they opened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so you went. You've got the. It, I spent an. I got an hour there, and I, I pretty much played ACDC the whole time. <laughs> Fair enough. You get it's a, that's that for me is one of the best newest games. That really. Metallica. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of we've we've expressed a lot of thoughts and feelings about Stern in particular, yeah. like. Um, on the podcast or just in general, but uh, uh, I think I just said this uh, an episode or two back. Uh, I think, you know, say what you will about how much they innovate or how little they innovate sometimes with their new ones, but I, th- I really think they're starting to get the the rock and roll pinball uh, game down. Yeah. They've got, I mean, ACDC was a really fun game. Rolling Stones was okay. ACDC was a lot of fun. Metallica's an excellent game. Yeah. And, um, and Kiss, have you gotten a chance to play Kiss yet? I haven't yet? even seen it yet. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And they take a lot of elements from the original Kiss game, which is kind of nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. The rock, and that's I. I think that's why, because they do make money. It's the people that don't, it, that may not be in, in, interested in pinball. They'll see that their favorite sure. band, and they'll throw in a dollar or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, license themes are so so huge to to draw in. As you were talking about Guns and Roses earlier, that's, you know, I I wish that we saw more original uh themes these days but i completely understand why we don't i have one more thing uh so you and i just figured out this was a cover uh you you play a song called pinball millionaire 
Yeah, that's an old. Um, it's an old. Well, I actually did write some of it, but um, okay. when I um approached the publishing people about it, they wouldn't let me put my my name on it. Hmm. So it's an old folk song or country song or whatever I found on an, on a compilation, and um, uh, it it's credited as having three writers. Which which blows my mind because it's the simplest song ever. Like, what did the other? What did they all do? <laughs> you know, there was only two verses in it, um, and uh, and just a very simple chorus. It's a really great song, Pinball Millionaire. So I ended up writing a bunch more verses for it, um, and I approached the publisher, and they said, "No, you can't." So yeah. even though the recording has one of my original verses, I just thought it was like an old folk song. You just add to it, you know? Sure, yeah. And since then, I've added many more verses to it. But um, yeah, um, I could, I just couldn't put my name there. But And I've also found other old country songs about pinball as well. There's oh, really? Other ones. Yeah. Huh. There's some out there. Interesting. I have to go on a little quest there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, would you mind if we uh, if we played pinball your version of Pinball Millionaire on the podcast and maybe no. another song of yours? Yeah, for sure. Okay, wonderful. Oh, thanks for yeah, thanks for chatting. No, thank you for joining us, Darren. Um, it's been a pleasure. So, Darren Hanlon, he's uh, he's touring around. I think you're going to the UK next, so it might be a little bit before you're back here. But uh, keep an eye out and check out his music. You can find it online on Spotify and otherwise it's really charming, wonderful stuff. And I, I watched a lot of your music videos this week and I really enjoyed them. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. So thanks again, Darren, for talking. It was a pleasure and maybe we can play some pinball on the next day or so. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Thank you so much.
Last week, I was listening to NPR and I was listening to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And one of my favorite NPR This American Life personalities, Star- Starly Kine, was on there. And she started a new podcast about uh, solving mysteries. And they're very simple mysteries. But she said, uh, it's amazing how when you start podcasting about something you love, things just appear in front of you and they just start happening to you. And that's kind of what happened with this Ed Robertson interview. And our day went from having a nice Sunday relaxing day off to getting, you know, VIP passes to Mary Moore Park and seeing the Violent Femmes right up close and talking to the Violent Femmes and talking to the Bare Naked Ladies and having drinks with them. And it was just such a surreal experience for me and Graham. Mm-hmm. Like there was a moment when we were at our 10th row seats, which were really, really good seats. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, this is where podcasting gets you. Like, this is silly, you know? Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was really something else, and uh, I can't stress enough how how awesome the show was. Like, um, they Ed Ed, Ed Robertson uh, and and the rest of the band they they uh, improvised a blues song about about the eight bit arcade yeah. at the show, which was pretty amazing. It was right when we walked up to our seats too. It was yeah, like such perfect timing. Yeah, <laughs> we were like we were standing in the back with our buddies that we brought, and then we Kayla and I moved up to our our tenth row seats. Yeah, that were pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was something else. Uh, and also, uh, I, 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 full disclosure, I I wouldn't expect to have said this a few weeks ago, but uh, somebody asked me what the best show I'd seen all year had been, and I said without hesitation, Bare Naked Ladies. They put on yeah. such a like a, just a <laughs> hell of a show. So that was rad. Thanks yeah. again. Uh, Incredible harmonies, like the top forty medley on at the end was awesome. Oh yeah, the medley yeah. was cool. Yeah, really well done. Uh, so we got some special thanks here. Yeah. Um, definitely thank you to the 8-Bit Arcade and Terrence and Randall for showing up early to yeah. let us facilitate our off-site interview. Mm-hmm. Um, the the nice man at the box office, yeah. uh, whoever you are, to yeah. uh, make sure we got our, our third and fourth passes for the show. Uh, of course, Ed and his entourage at the 8-Bit. Yeah, definitely fun times playing with pinball with those guys. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to do the same thing here uh, that we did with, with Darren. We're going to uh, roll the interview, and then we're going to roll uh, the title track to... Uh, Silverball. Yeah, yeah, Silverball, uh, their latest album. And you guys should check it out if you get a chance to. The first song's about wrestling, which is pretty nice. Like, there's really good metaphors lyrically in their, in their music, and it's just an entertaining album. Absolutely. Okay, so here we go, and we'll come back to you after uh, the interview and song.
He's been a singer-songwriter for 27 years in the Bare Naked Ladies, who are, as Britta Perry on Community puts it quite well, the most celebrated Canadian alt-rock band of the mid-90s. They're currently on tour with the Violent Femmes, supporting their latest album, Silver Ball. With a name like that and a guest spot on our show, it goes without saying that he's a big pinhead. Ed Robertson, welcome to the Skillshot Pincast. It's very nice to be here. I, I should point out that uh, I would not get off the bus uh, and roll to Renton, Washington (laughs) for any kind of music mag. (laughs) But uh, for a pinball zine and podcast, you know, I set my alarm, organized the runner the day before, and here I am playing pinball at 1030 in the morning. (laughs) Well, we couldn't be happier. We appreciate it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Where to start? I think we're going to kick it off with some basic pinball questions. When when did you get into pinball? Uh, I don't remember a time when I wasn't into pinball, but as a kid... I thought it kind of wasn't for me. I was excited by it, mm-hmm. but the arcades that were near my house, the pinball was way at the back, mm-hmm. and it's where the guys with leather vests and really tight jeans Good. smoked right. and played pinball. Uh, and luckily, I had a few a few of my brothers, uh, my older brother's friends, were much nicer to me than my brother ever was. So occasionally I'd get like called back there like, hey, you know, play play a game of pinball with us. And I was always just astounded at the skill involved. And oh, I yeah. thought, wow, my quarter goes a lot further at the front of the room mm-hmm. on, on Dig Dug and Robotron and and, you know, all those games at the time. Uh, than it does in pinball. So I kind of had this impression that pinball was for the older, cooler kids. Sure. Um, And it it wasn't until I started touring that I really got heavily, heavily into pinball. And then, you know, when the band was touring, I would always seek out an arcade or even a laundromat Mm -hmm. or a coffee shop, wherever I could find a pinball machine to go just kill a couple hours. Very nice. That's the same way that hooked me, too. Like, I would just call every bar in town, like, ask them if they had pinball, and they were just like, we open it, too. Why why are you asking about games, you know? But (laughs) that's one thing that we strive to do with Skillshot, too, is we have a list of all the games playable in the Seattle area. So every issue that we put out has a list of every game. Oh, wicked. Yeah. Well, but you need go no further than 8-Bit right here in Renton. Pretty excellent selection. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. uh, it's an incredible Mm -hmm. collection. And the machines are in amazing shape. Mm-hmm. They've even got an America's Most Haunted. Which they only yeah. had 150 of. Yeah. You know, like, who would route that? That's insane. I know. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, they do a great job here. But we our, our cup really runneth over here in Seattle. Yeah. The 8-bit's amazing. Attaball mm-hmm. has just gotten cooler and bigger every year. The Seattle Pinball Museum has like 50 mm-hmm. games. Yeah. Flip Flip yeah. Ding Ding has you 27. Could, you mm-hmm. could spend weeks here in Seattle and never yeah. hit yeah. everywhere. It's, it's so cool. Yeah, I kind of had a similar experience actually getting into pinball. Um, n- as a kid, it just didn't seem like it was meant for me. That really clicked when you said that. Uh, just... The ball would drain so fast. I had to be an older, cooler kid before mm-hmm. I actually right. was initiated into yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also it was, you know, your finances were limited. Like I only had yeah. a couple bucks that I could put into machines. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I was a little better at some of the video games and I could make my quarter last a little longer. Right. So it was, it was kind of, uh, it was exciting to be back there with the cool kids, but also m- my balls lasted, you know, seven to to 12 seconds mm-hmm. <laughs> yep that sounds about right yeah. and i, I hear that from a lot of people when i run in a women's tournament once a month too and i try to get more and more females involved in it 
And every time I ask them, they're like, oh, I'm terrible at it. I was like, well, you don't get better by not playing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, that's right. Practice keep practicing. perfect. So is this your third pinball podcast that you've been on? Or? Uh, well, yes, I think it is. Spooky I, and Coast to Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I've done Coast to Coast three times now. Nice, wow. Yeah. So cool. does that make this my well, fifth Because the first podcast? one was a surprise, right? Uh, Nate Shivers just kind of ran up to you at yeah. Texas, right? Yeah. He uh, bum rushed yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I'd like to ask you a couple questions about about the band. Uh, sure. I, you know, I'm not even actually sure how to approach this question. It's it's kind of a big one. Like you guys have permeated the pop culture in a really unique way, and like where you're just kind of validated offhand by re- you know like that a uh, community uh, quote that I referenced. That was one of my favorite shows over the last five or six years, and it, you know, really really fun bit there and uh the comedy bang bangs maybe my favorite podcast and i'm sure you're aware of like yeah. just the random little button they throw it's been and yeah anyway and uh, and then of course the big bang theory uh which is y- you wrote the theme song for which is fantastic by the way um thank you and they're like pulling in 19 million viewers on average per episode like yeah it's insane it's <laughs> uh you know we have slipped into just part of the lexicon yeah. of, of yeah. modern pop culture. But, you know, we've been around for 27 years. Sure. We've, uh, we've been touring that whole time. We've sold 15 million records. And uh, I think the interesting thing about the band is we were really off the radar for a long time. We had no mainstream coverage when we were selling out arenas across America, mm. you know, so it, we were this kind of best kept secret for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, when, when we hit it really big with stunt in the late nineties, we were already a lot of cool people's favorite bands, <laughs> you know? So before we came this, we became this mainstream success. We had already kind of, you know, we'd already been touring for 11 years. Yeah. Uh, you were like the pinball analogy in the, the back of the room, like the cool guys that people didn't really know about. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and, be, and, and particularly Hollywood, because Hollywood is so permeated with Canadians. Mm-hmm. It's uh, true. Particularly writers and comedians mm-hmm. and stuff. So we had a lot of fans sort of placed in the secret areas of Hollywood. Yeah, you embedded. Know? So when we would do shows... All these really cool people would come out and see the band, and uh, word kind of spread that way. So I think we were lucky that you know we we built a solid fan base long before we ever had any mainstream commercial success. Mm-hmm. So I think when we exploded, people were super happy for us. Yeah, uh, as opposed to oh, where did these yeah. guys come from? Yeah, a lot you of know? people in your corner at that point. Yeah, yeah. it's it's huge to to get that foundation set up, that goodwill. Mm-hmm. Um, so you live in Toronto, correct? Yes. And today the Mariners are playing the Blue Jays. That's right. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Awesome. It's the final day of our uh, last summer on Earth tour with oh. uh, Violent Femmes and Colin Hay opening up. 37 dates in America. Man. Very nice. And apologies to our listeners because it's going to be about three weeks after the right. fact when you hear this. So. Oh, mm-hmm. it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. The show. <laughs> you you should have been, been there. should have yeah. been there. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, the response from your other bandmates when you wrote Silverball. Like, I mean, they obviously knew you had a pinball problem or addiction at that point. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what was that approach like? Well, everybody really loved the song, first mm-hmm. and foremost. I mean, uh, you know, I think f- for pinheads, 
it's an unabashed like word for word tribute right. to specific moments yeah, in Lord pinball machines, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Particularly mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. But for non-pinheads, it's all just kind of relationship metaphors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's you know, a little so ambiguous. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I'm really proud of with mm-hmm. the song. Is for pinheads, it's a real wink and nod, and for the average person, they get, oh, that, that might have something to do with pinball. Right. Yeah, there's still universal themes for everybody to glom onto. Well, that's what made time. me write the song. Was I, I? I had so many people approach me at, you know, when I would visit a pinball expo or. People would find out I'm a crazy pinhead. They'd say, well, you got to write a pinball song. Yeah. And uh, I just thought, well, no, Pete Townsend already did that, right. and it's great. <laughs> yeah. um, but then when I started to think about light, you know, light me up and, mm-hmm. and uh, lock me in, and all these things sort of resonated with a relationship as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And so many of the games from, like, the 90s era have that storyline that comes through, too. Yeah. So. Um, that's that's what really hooked me on pinball is like having a progression of a story because I was into video games first, but then when you like something with Totan, like you can get all the seven jewels and rescue, rescue the princess at the end, like to have an, an objective like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. and and I was a big video game kid mm-hmm. as well, and I'm a total completist. Like I need to get right. all the stars in the Mario games. Yeah, you know, like I always need to open every room and finish everything and get all the bonuses. Mm-hmm. So. For me, uh, once I understood the software of pinball, I think so many people think, oh, it's just about keeping the ball in play, mm-hmm. you know? And, and people are all, at least people that are new to pinball that come over to my house, they're always astonished that there's more of an objective than that. Oh, yeah. I'm right. sure you guys find that too. But absolutely. It's, absolutely. Uh, it, it's always a real awakening for people mm-hmm. when they go, oh, the lights mean something. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not just supposed to keep it in play. I'm supposed to make that specific yeah. shot. One of my favorite things is watching someone play Indiana Jones Stern, and when they finally get the Ark of the Covenant, oh, multiple yeah, ball with absolutely. those eight balls kind of dump, and they're just like, oh, my gosh, what's yeah. happening? Like, yeah. I love, like, love seeing someone do that for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of fun. So uh, how many machines do you own? If I own all the machines. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Anyone yeah. that you play, right? I think, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, the, I'm the, uh, one of the few people on the planet that owns every pinball machine ever created. So uh, for our listeners at home, uh, I, I was looking on uh, the IPDB uh, in internet pinball database uh, recently, and I believe there's over 5,000 machines. So. Yeah, well, that was, so that must be, yeah, I have just so over 5,000. Yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine I, that most of that, uh, most of the uh, funds dedicated to that is just, you know, annexing, It's right? mostly, honestly, yeah. <laughs> it's mostly just keeping them uh, up and running. Is yeah. it? It's a labor of love right. for me. <laughs> I'm thinking about hiring a tech because doing all 5,000 myself, by the time I get back to the first machine mm-hmm. again and I've shopped them out, it's been... <laughs> You know, seventy-five to eighty years. Um, <laughs> I have fifteen. It I have laborious. fifteen machines. Yeah. <laughs> cool, yeah. cool. And um, what's what's your crown jewel? You know, uh, that's a difficult question. It sure is to answer. Here's what I'll say: If I could only have one pinball mm-hmm. machine, Desert Island pin. My Desert Island pin would be my uh, Metallica Premium. I really love machine. that game. Yeah, it's yeah. a great mm-hmm. game. It's uh, it's got all the exploration Mm -hmm. it's got really interesting software that you can play in so many different ways lyman sheets is a total genius genius yeah absolutely how he sets up games the risk reward in that Mm -hmm. game is so satisfying i love the inline drop targets on the grape marker multi-ball like it's such a nice throw inline drops are cool Mm -hmm. in any machine absolutely and they're done so well in Mm -hmm. that game 
And I love that once you get them down, you still have to make that shot exactly. twice. Exactly, you got one more like, shot to go. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. That game is set up so cool. And there's multiple in the center. There's multiple on the left. There's multiple on the right. Yeah. Just crank it up. It's great. I yeah. love it. And now I, I have also used the that French dude's pinball browser program to uh, replace the music on mine because I'm okay. not a big Metallica right. fan. Huh. So there's my caveat. It would be <laughs> Metallica that doesn't play Metallica. Uh, nice. What's your preferred swap-in soundtrack for your Metallica? Uh, mine plays Queens of the Stone Age, Ooh. Them Crooked Vultures, Van Halen, Rush, uh, <laughs> Canadian band called The Odds. Um, Word. Just great uh, hard rock. Nice. Um, Graham so had Rush stuck in his head all day today, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just saw Rush in San Jose. Oh, they, nice. They were amazing. <laughs> um, so that that's what I would say... If I only had one machine, mm-hmm. that's what I would have. But uh, in my collection, I also love... I have a Bride of Pinball 2.0. Oh, the 2.0 is awesome. The Dutch pinball thing mm-hmm. is so cool. I got yeah. to play it at the Tacoma show this year. Yeah. And it was incredible. That, that integration with online settings, too, where yeah. you post your high score to the internet is fantastic. Well, and it like, updates live, right? Uh-huh. Like, I have my own live page mm-hmm. for my machine. And I can look and see everybody else's DMD live mm-hmm. and see oh, where they awesome. are in the game. And it, it, it refreshes every two seconds. Wow, mm-hmm. real time like that. That's yeah. awesome. I was it's not really aware badass. of that. I'm, I'm going to um, the UK pinball party in Wales next month. Oh, so cool. I'm hoping that the Big Lebowski makes an appearance since it's cl- so close by. But I'm really impressed with what Dutch pinball is doing. I think like, those guys are amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think that machine is going to... I got to spend some serious time on it at, at Expo. And mm-hmm. it blew my mind. Even, really? yeah. even on early code. I said to to Barry, I was like, this this doesn't feel like a '90s Bally Williams pin, right? It's Which are my favorite. <laughs> it's most people's favorite, yeah. right? It's actually not mine. I like mm-hmm. the modern pins, but to me, I said I said it felt like Bally Williams still existed all this time in these intervening 25 years. That's high, and high, yeah. and then this is their new machine. Oh, which wow. is 25 yeah. years better than all <laughs> the stuff they did in the '90s. Uh-huh. That game is so cool. And I think it's going to, you know, when they start shipping oh, that yeah. thing, I think people are going to be totally oh, yeah. blown away. Heads ah. over heels. Plus, I think, <laughs> I think their screen solution is the ultimate. Mm-hmm. It's still got the nostalgia of a pinball DMD, but it's a high-res, slightly larger display. Yeah. I, I love my and Wizard of color, Oz, but I don't think the big, yeah, yeah. I don't think the big. 27 inch right i don't think that's the answer well and and when you turn off your machine you've got a big black hole in it oh right that's a good point where we're used to i guess i I never see the games off because i don't own any so like that's a very good point (laughs) i never thought of that yeah so Um, i mean i love jersey jack yeah Um, i've got a i've got a hobbit on order nice Um, we got to play that a few months weeks ago it was fantastic yeah it's gonna be an amazing game Mm -hmm. um but i i think dutch pinball has really hit the sweet spot of uh, you know, beautiful fit and finish. Mm-hmm. That screen is really exciting. It feels like it feels like next generation pinball, mm-hmm. but it's also got all the retro uh, things that make you feel good about pinball. And I, I also appreciate that because they had a little few hangups like throughout the uh, making of this, and they've kind of persevered through that. And whereas like a couple other pinball companies have tried and failed in the last few months years i've um, read all about it yep. <laughs> yeah you spend a lot of time on pin side huh <laughs> i do i mostly lurk yeah. and interject the odd thing that i think is hilarious mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah i i think the dutch pinball guys have, are really doing the right thing and it was unfortunate you know 
the whole Phil Gate scenario. <laughs> right. But I think that was just one guy panicking, and, and he wasn't at a great place in his life, and it's too bad. It, it, I think it, Dutch Pinball took a real hit because of it mm-hmm. that, that they didn't really deserve to take. Um, so they, they got set back a bit, but they're forging ahead, and, and mark my words, pinballers, <laughs> as soon as that game is shipped and flipping, mm-hmm. people are going to lose their fucking minds. Absolutely. <laughs> I cannot yeah. wait. No, I mean, there's I such a huge wait. culture for a big, Le- I mean, I drank a Caucasian yesterday. Like, I love the Big Lebowski movie. Like, I think it's fantastic. I, I just saw, um, um it look at my, look at my <laughs> billfold. <laughs> oh, let me see this. Nice. I love it. Um, more Big Lebowski talk. I'll I hold it up to the mic. So right. The so that let's just can see. Can see yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. Listen close. <laughs> I've got a dude money clip. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Montreal has their uh, comedy just for laughs festival, and I uh-huh. guess it was just happening. Pour rire. Oh, <laughs> en français. Pardon Graham's moi. only slightly Canadian. <laughs> That's right. I'm only I'm only Canadian only by half. proxy. Yeah, yeah. My uh, <laughs> my mother was born outside of Vancouver, so oh, okay. I got the dual citizenship, but uh, <laughs> nice. you know, not so much the chops. Yeah. Um, uh, so, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, th- anyway, the festival was just this uh, weekend, and I guess there was a star-studded uh, stage reading oh, of yeah. like Jennifer Lawrence and Michael Fassbender. Oh, and wow. Michael Fassbender was playing. The, do you know what the? I don't know what it's called, but there's a game where you like. Oop! Hold on. Uh, there we go. There's a there's a game where every time the dude smokes a joint or drinks a uh, white Russian, you're supposed to do the do same. Do the same, yeah. And apparently, he was doing that on stage. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's dedication. Did you yeah. see like that Fastbander movie, Frank? I didn't. Oh, about this indie rock oh, band? I saw yeah, the trailer I know what you're talking about. really good. Yeah, uh, Fastbander, he's an amazing yeah. actor. Yeah, he's, he is really Well, I, I got became so obsessed with... I lived in L.A. for a little bit, but I went to Ralph's and wrote a check for milk one day because I loved the Big Lebowski so much. <laughs> 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 and they're like, oh, not yeah. again. <laughs> so, so you're completing this tour here, and uh, you've been going up along the West Coast recently, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Uh, so you get pins and needles, Molly. Yeah. And ground control mm-hmm. Yeah, just a couple days ago. Was that your first time at ground control? It was. Yeah, beautiful yeah. space, right? And I already loved Portland. Uh-huh. It's a great uh, town. And so now to visit ground control, I'm like, why don't I live in yeah. Portland, Oregon? Mm-hmm. The Northwest is pretty incre- incredible for pinball and, yeah. and scenery. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, do you have anything else, Kayla? Uh, I wanted to ask about the video shoot for Say What You Want. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, it's really, f- like, I heard that you did, um, it was based off a game in, at Pinballs in Austin. Is that correct? Yeah, actually, Billy, the, the tech at Pinballs in Austin, okay. made that machine by hand. That's insane. Yeah. That's so he cool. Like, so t- he made it. Is it flipping? Like it, it flips, but, there, you know, there's no software. Mm-hmm. But uh, it flips, the screen works, it registers. Very um, cool. It's it's pretty badass. Darren yeah. and Mickey, who run the, the two pinballs locations down in Austin, are good pals. Nice. And the Rooster Teeth guys who made the video are in Austin as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I reached out to Darren and said, hey, anything you can do to help out. I, yeah. I thought he was just going to provide a location to shoot. Uh-huh. But then he had Billy construct this pin. <laughs> uh, so it was pretty <laughs> awesome. It's really impressive. That's really cool. Well, yeah. You bought a machine this uh, tour too, didn't you? Yeah, Kayla's actually, been feeding I, me a lot of information from Darren in, oh, okay. in Austin. I got a Shadow. Ah, oh, um, love which is a that great game. machine. Yeah. This one needs some work, but uh, you know, as we were loading it into the bay of the bus, I was on Marco's ordering the parts nice. that I needed yeah, yeah. for it. And uh, yeah, I also picked up a Bounty Hunter uh, from Lloyd um, in Minneapolis. So nice. uh, yeah. 
pick up two more machines now. And we're up to 17 there. there. And nice. picking up an America's Most Haunted on the so way home. Awesome. Hey! Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you're going to change it to Canadian's Most Haunted, right? Canada's Most yeah, Haunted. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Just tack on a North at the front. <laughs> yeah. North America's <laughs> yeah. Most Haunted. Yeah, North America's Most Haunted. Yeah, <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> inclusive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, and uh, so is there any uh, game on your list that you haven't played? Like, my... My holy grail is to play a Big Bang bar someday. Like, oh. You know, I'd love to do that. I just... Oh, you, you... I've played Kingpin. You can look forward to being extremely underwhelmed yeah. by Big I've Bang heard that. bar. I still just want to cross it off my list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's... You know what? It, yeah. It's a very valuable machine, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah. Because it's, it's rare. Yeah. Just... I know that that great. whole thing in music, too. Just because something is rare doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Once you upon know. a time, uh, Beanie Babies were... Right. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of like going, oh, man, there. I haven't heard it yet. I can't wait to, to really sit down with right. a coffee and listen to Lou Reed's Metal Machine music. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a cool... I've heard it's cool. Right. I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I played Touché. Kingpin. I don't know if you've played that one before. I that have, Capcom. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. So, yeah. Kingpin's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kingpin... I love the the callouts and yeah. I love the the, the animation. Gorgeous. The yeah. the artwork's totally. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that little like mini game on the back box that you play at the end. Yeah, so cool. Kingpin is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's about a hundred times cooler than Big Bang Bar. That, well, that <laughs> makes me feel a lot better. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there much of a scene in Toronto pinball community? Uh, the Toronto Toronto has a great community. Yeah, uh, there's a whole bunch of collectors, but there's nowhere to play. Really, so no real houses. public tournaments then, or there's the odd public tournament, mm-hmm. and uh, a bunch of local collectors will bring their machines to an arcade. I think nice. we've got a bylaw problem in place right now. Oh, really? Where you're not supposed to have more than two amusement devices oh, wow. in any establishment. Mm. I think it was pretty heavily linked to drugs and, and prostitution in the late 70s. Yeah. And uh, so they, you know, it's like rock and roll was too. Right. right? Sure. Pinball was never the problem. A CD place with mm-hmm. uninvolved management was the problem. Absolutely. Yep. It's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah th- so I I'm uh, hoping that changes soon. Yeah. We've, we've got a lot of great machines up there and, and a lot of really enthusiastic people. There's a great league, mm-hmm. but it just moves around from people's houses. Yeah. Mm. And we had our Seattle Pinball League match yesterday. It was pin golf, so we had 18 holes. And, yeah, had actually 18 pinball machines lined up around this house at a private location. Nice. It was fantastic. But, yeah, it really takes, like, the strength of the community to keep things po- pushing forward for yeah. something like that. There's a really strong, mm-hmm. vibrant community in Toronto. Mm-hmm. But right now, we've got no place to hang out and play. Mm. Well, lobby, petition that government there. I'm hoping to change that. Yeah, I've seen, like, I have a a pinball Google alert because I can't help myself. I know, I get uh, pinball Clemens a lot. Yeah, (laughs) Michael (laughs) Pinball, yeah, CFL up there. Yeah. Yeah. but uh, I, I've noticed just over the last couple of years, there th- there are a lot of antiquated laws on the books like mm-hmm. that around yeah. the U.S. too, and they're just slowly being rolled back. Yeah. When you know, yeah, and Adam in uh, Montreal is uh, trying to get a barcade open in Montreal, Very and he's cool. facing the same uh, mm. bylaw problem. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we should probably wrap this up mm-hmm. here pretty shortly. I thought we were going to play a game. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> Gosh. What the fuck, guys? <laughs> oh, mia culpa. All that right. That was the game where we trick you into not. They're, they're you not pass. You're major yeah. game. <laughs> so be on your toes right. for the it's, whole interview. It's that a memory game. It's you a lost. memory game. Right. No, you, you you nailed it. Actually, <laughs> all you needed to do was recognize. Yeah. 
22 minutes later <laughs> that I did in fact say there would be a game. And so, okay. This is something that Graham sets up, and I'm you know not privy to what he chooses, so okay. I'm also going to play alongside you. Okay. All are right. we competing We're or are we competing. working together? Let's work together, and okay. if you have the answer, I would say hold on to it until I get the answer, and then we'll... And vice yeah. versa? Uh-huh. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Deal. So I picked two today. Uh, I'm confident that, that both of you will get these. Cool. Okay. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if you pull them out right at the beginning, right. but uh, the idea is each sound is uh, progressively easier as we go. Okay. All right, so uh, game number one, you ready? Yeah. Okay, here it comes. Oh, sorry, that's super quiet. Let me uh, bring that back up, cool. and we'll listen to it one more time, which you usually do not get to do. All right, here we go. That's a little tricky. No. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to be real, real tricky here at the beginning. That sound is not from a pinball game. No. <laughs> but any guesses for the first one, or the you want to move on to the second one? Game. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. That was a very. Um, it very almost sounded like an, an electromechanical yeah. machine. It's very tinny. It almost sounded yeah. like just like a chime box. Mm-hmm. So, I'm gonna guess we were hearing. Wonelli? It's a guess. It's a guess, yeah. But it, it also could be like a, a sound from Junkyard or something, you know? That's true. The mm-hmm. weird sort of mechanical clanging sound. Mm-hmm. Kayla, do you want to take a guess before? I want you to play another sound. All right. <laughs> it is not Wonelli or Junkyard. Okay. Here comes the next sound. There might be a couple seconds before it uh, kicks in. Oh, they're so short. You're so I, cruel. I know. I had to keep <laughs> this one short. I was really uh. worried that uh, I would give the whole thing away if I... Thankfully, I know this machine pretty well, so I was able to cherry pick. Yeah. Take them out of context. Hmm. That's not ringing any bells. Yeah, no. Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll move on to the third one. The podcast listeners are screaming at us right now. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know pinball. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. That sound, I know. Do you? You okay. got it? Yeah. Okay, Kayla. I don't. I'm stumped. All right, then I'm going to keep playing them for you. And let's hear this next one. Yeah, I'm keeping them real yeah. brief here. Yeah. Okay, you'll get it. Don't worry. I'm going to have to like take keep my going? hat off on this one. No. <laughs> All right, here comes the next one. Oh, that sounds so familiar. Yeah, I'm just teasing you now. And I got two more, I think. Listeners, this is also the earliest recorded podcast we've done so far. That so. is true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll play the last couple. Okay. Oh my gosh, I know that. You do. You know this. You know this. Oh that one should have given it away. It really should have. <laughs> I feel so on the spot right now. I know what it is. Oh, you're very much on the spot right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay, last one. Yeah. I think there's one more. Oh, is it Medieval Madness? No! no. Gosh darn, I'm so sorry. This is terrible. No, uh, think it's similar clothing. Yeah? You know, to Medieval Madness. It's, um... Want me to give you hints? Yeah, I'm blanking so hard. I, I know those sounds. Okay. Uh, there was a movie where uh, a teenage kid was killed by a downed power line. 
you remember this movie? No. Really sad movie. Wow. That kid was Elijah Wood. Oh, okay. It's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm there so you sorry. Go. Sorry, guys. I was trying to lead her around yeah. the horn. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. Really. Gosh. Start terrible. from the back. I yeah. don't even know what film I was referencing, but it was... It was the other Elijah Wood movie I could think of. <laughs> I can picture it all now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's just uh, the sounds are so short. Boom, 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 <laughs> yeah. boom, boom. Well, yeah. I'd also I'd also like to oh, mention um, I didn't play it for ten months straight. Like that's I did. true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the the first sound. The first the sound. Ting, 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 ting. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Works, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. Uh, the. The ch- 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 I should have got it on that first sound alone. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know, really but when it's out of context, it yeah. changes yeah. everything. Yeah, okay, so true. we we got one more for you, okay. and uh, here we go. Oh, I know this one. Wow. Do you know? That's a video mode, isn't it? Uh, it actually... I don't want to say yes or no, but I think you might be leading yourself down the wrong. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. It's uh, the sound was very it's distorted, like and mm-hmm. so that makes me think it's early. So I think it's um, gunshots, like like BSD, like from yeah, you know, like when you do it from shooting the wolves, shooting the yeah. werewolves. Uh-huh. Give us another sound. Okay, here we go. It's gonna be one second. Oh gosh, that sounds very familiar too. <laughs> but yeah, you're, it's not Dracula clearly at this point. Okay, give us another one. Okay, here it comes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I think in the next two or three sounds, it's gonna start making itself apparent. Yeah. Okay. Y'all ready? Good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like I know space it. shuttle. You figured it out? Yeah, I knew, I I was guessing from the first one, but now yeah. I've got it. Cool, Kayla. Oh, I'm you need another one. This. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the that's what happens when you make it part way up the ramp, Ra- and yeah. the ball comes back. That happens down. on space shuttle. I know that they don't sail aboard. Very though. close. You're very okay. close. Yeah. There's a lot of space shuttles on it. Mm-hmm. All right, here comes another sound here. That's a sexy sounding machine <laughs> right there. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's, pin, it's pin bo- right up in bottom. That's yeah. right. It is right up in The machine. Yeah. Right up in I, I actually wrote an article for Skillshot on that called The I Do's and Do Nots of Brida Pinbot. Uh-huh. Um, so I, it was my first time in the Billionaires Club, so I had to write about that experience. <laughs> how, would, how does the Billionaires Club compare to the Mile High Club? Is it a similar thing? I have, I'm not a member of the Mile High. Oh. <laughs> so it's hard to compare. <laughs> my frequent flyer miles are low. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Uh, you know, I think I think we're gonna wrap this up here now. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, that was so fun. Yeah, Ed, thank you thank so much you for joining for us. Giving yeah. me an, an excuse to come out and play Definitely. pinball this morning. Absolutely. I'm always looking for that. Yeah, if if you guys, so you're you're uh, finishing up your tour. If mm-hmm. and then if you, s- you happen to stick around for a day or two, there are a lot of spots. Well, you'll just have to come I'm, back out. Uh, then. Yeah. yeah, I've got a uh, a canoe <laughs> sitting on a sandy shore on a lake, yeah. calling oh my name. That sounds excellent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I cannot blame you for that. And yeah. there's a, 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 a about uh, 75 feet from the canoe is a Tron Pro with the <laughs> Eli Ramp mod and the arcade. And Very uh, nice. Yeah. So Word. I will be uh, with the piece of, of moose and loons and osprey yeah. and pinball. 
Fantastic. Well, uh, once again, uh, Ed Robertson of uh, the Bare Naked Ladies, he, uh, they had a new album come out just in the last couple of months, uh, yep. Silver Ball, and mm-hmm. your vinyl just uh, is, is about to be available, right? It is available now. Oh, right now? Yeah. And it, I, I saw the artwork, and it yeah, looks fantastic. Right there, right yeah. yeah, super cool. Really so beautiful. check those out, guys. Uh, could we play Silver Ball and maybe another song on yeah. the podcast? Play fantastic. You like. So you'll hear that after Thanks. you, uh, yeah finish hearing our voices here so thanks uh, <laughs> so much again cool yeah, thank really you fun. Guys. appreciate it So 
Cool. All right. Uh, so thanks again to Ed and Darren uh, for talking with us and for sharing their music with us. Uh, we're going to play one more song apiece from them at the end, very end of the episode. The first one's another track from the new Bare Naked Ladies album. It was a really fun live one, uh, and it's a really cool recording, too. Uh, the last song we're going to play is an older one of Darren's, but uh, he played it near the tail end of his set at the Columbia City Theater, and it just grabbed me. Really beautiful song. And it's also got a line about pinball, so I'm swapping uh, his cover of Pinball Millionaire out for this really beautiful song that I want to share with everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the end of this episode. I hope you liked it. You can let us know if you liked it by liking us at, at the Skillshot Pincast on Facebook. Review us, please. Rate and review us on iTunes and wherever else mm-hmm. podcasts get ra- really rated Really does and help reviewed. us out. It really does. And just send us an email. Write us at skillshotpincast at gmail.com. That's skillshotpincast at gmail.com. You could be the first person. Yeah. We're still <laughs> waiting for our, our, in- our inbox to fill up. Mm-hmm. We keep <laughs> checking our email box and nothing in there. Um, so anyway, a uh, couple quick plugs. Uh, so for our next episode, we're sitting down with uh, Kevin Burrell and Raymond Davidson, who were in the the Pinburg finals at Papa, or not at Papa. They used to be at Papa. Now it's at uh, the, the P- Pittsburgh Convention Center. Yeah, and they finished. Pinburg. Yeah, Pinburg. They finished in the top four of the finalists out of like seven. It was capped at 700 uh, players and I think that they a lot of people didn't show up so it was about 650 okay. largest match play event in the world and they edged out the oh. finalists with like Keith, Keith Elwin and Zach Sharp and it's pretty amazing so we'll get to sit down with them and kind of get a precursor to the Northwest Pinball Championships which is coming up the last weekend of August Yeah, that Kevin has been putting a lot of work into yeah and uh, the same day that we did an interview with Ed uh, mm-hmm. we also got together with some uh some uh, guys here in Seattle uh, that work on a, a superhero podcast yeah. called the Sidekicks Pod. Uh, so what we did was we played a bunch of superhero pinball games at uh, the 8-Bit, and we came back here to the Skillshot studio and uh, just got silly with them. talking yeah, about just kind of improved a little. Yeah, so that so was fun. we had a ball with them. Yeah. Uh, so you can expect that from us in uh, four weeks. But if you want to listen to it right now, just look up Skillshots Pod. I think it's just uh, Sidekicks Pod. Sorry, Sidekicks yeah. Pod. Uh, SidekicksPod.com, dot mm-hmm. I believe, will take you there. Uh, you can also find them on Facebook. So uh, again, yeah, thanks everybody. I'd uh, like to thank Ed Robertson for being the first to swear on our podcast. Yeah, that <laughs> he really opened the floodgates, yeah. and uh, <laughs> we just went from there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, enjoy these couple more songs. Uh, one more song from the Bare Naked Ladies and one more song from Darren Hanlon. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Awesome. I'm a little bit worse for wear. Got a little bit more gray hair. I'm not gonna be the next big thing But I'm getting fitted for a new brass ring I've been dumped, I've been kicked around Now I'm ready for the big rebound I know you can't win them all But I'm swinging like it, getting hits in Moneyball Get back, get back up You gotta get back, get back up You got a whole stadium in their feet It's not about a victory or a defeat See, you gotta get back Get back up, you gotta get back, get back up Not everything is sink or swim You can't fly if the air is too thin Best part of the ride is the free fall Better keep your arms and legs in the vehicle 
Standing eight and I'm on the ropes Knees giving but I won't lose hope Not the second coming of Muhammad Ali But can I get a whoop for the boxing imagery? Get back, get back up You gotta get back, get back up You got a whole stadium in their feet It's not about a victory or defeat See, you gotta get back, get back up You gotta get back, get back up Counted each step that I made on that night A long stone cobbled street scribbled throughout the town To a candlelit bar university ground A friend in a band was what brought you there too on the last night of not knowing you The last night of not knowing you Tables and chairs Tobacco and wine Left me fuzzy upstairs But what weak minds prevent Will hard proof may allow Did my eyes have a spark That they seem to have now A blurred photo taken That Eve holds not a on the last night of not knowing you the last night of not knowing 
dirty child I've been through it all Each coin spent at the bar And each game of pinball Days from last week I cannot tell fiction from fact But that night upon request I could reenact In a town far from home I was just passing through On the last night of not knowing you Last night of not knowing you Some divine puppeteer had the whole meeting planned But what if the promoter had have pulled out As some promoters do The band wouldn't have played the gig Would have fell through An earthquake could have split this planet on the last night of not knowing you Last night of 